Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. It's Fantasy Football Today DFS. My name is Sia Najad. I am paired with Mike McCoy. I already see people in the chat. Thank you for being there. I see you, Theodore Wilson. Let's do this indeed. Mike, how's your week going? How excited are you about this slate? I know we're, we're just coming off some news that we kind of sort of expected, and that's this Cleveland-Buffalo game getting moved. I'll tell everybody that's the game we're going to lead with, but Mike, pretty big impact there on this DFS slate, right? Yeah, huge impact here. I uh, went from one of the worst games to one of the best games in terms of the overall environment they're going to be playing in, so yeah, a lot to break down there. Still working through it myself personally. Uh, nice that they gave us this news now uh, and not, you know, a little bit later. Obviously, they couldn't have waited much longer to move a game. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. Changes the slate for sure. For sure. Because if you all remember our early look on Tuesday, this was a game. It's not that I was ignoring it, but but I certainly was waiting to hear more about the weather because it looked like it was going to be kind of messy. And now, you know, when we get to the cheat sheet and when we get to the top threes, you're going to see some of these guys featured, whereas on Tuesday, you know, I wasn't thinking that me or Mike were going to feature really any of these guys. So uh, very interesting develop their development there. Before we get to our game by game preview, I do want to say for those of you in here, Richie Smalls, hello. One of my favorite shows of the week, he says, Zach, can we put that up? I just want to be able to put that up. I'll screenshot it and I'll, I'll, I'm going to put it behind me. It's going to be one of the pictures behind me. Richie Smalls, thank you so much. Uh, Theodore, Richie, everybody else in the chat, please hit the like button. But perhaps more importantly, the FFT DFS contest is live as we speak. So a lot of you have already registered, but the link is in the YouTube description. If you're listening on Apple Pod or Spotify, wherever you're listening to um, on Apple Podcast, the link is there for you to click on and register for this $5 tournament. Congratulations again to Dober03, who won last week's uh, Week 10 slate. So Mike rules, Mr. Plow says. Mike does indeed rule. Okay, so here we go. Mike, this is what we're going to do. Let me just set everything up for perhaps some new listeners. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, know that we do this live, right? We do this on YouTube. Our producer, Zach, he puts up a lot of the stuff, a lot of the game log stuff that we're going to be, players we're going to be talking about. He puts a lot of the statistics up, which I think is, is pretty pleasing to the eye and to the mind in terms of gathering information. With all that said, we're going to do the game-by-game preview. After that, we're going to do Mike's top three we like to do that after we get 100 likes, so I encourage everybody to hit the like button, and when you see some new listeners in here and new comments, go ahead and t- remind them to hit the like button as well. After Mike's top three, we do our cheat sheet. That's our favorite stacks, contrarians, fades, chalk plays, and things of that nature. And then finally, we'll just have a couple thoughts on Showdown. Uh, we have the Packers and the Tennessee Titans tonight. I have some thoughts myself. We'll touch on it at the very end of the show. And hopefully, if you have some DFS questions, we'll be to, we'll be able to answer those as well. So, Mike, I didn't lie. 
We are going to start with Cleveland plus eight and a half at Buffalo. I don't know the extent to which this line has moved. I I know when the announcement was made, what I saw was that the line had gone up from 41 and a half to 42 to 42 and a half. I grabbed it at 42. Uh, Actually, it was 42 and a half, I believe. I, I grabbed the over. I would imagine, Mike, this line is going to continue to trend up. Do you agree? Yeah, it's already at 49 now because of the venue change. Uh, wow. You'll have to watch if you bet anything. Most sports books avoided every bet already uh, per house rules when they have a change of venue. Um, mm. But yeah, this, this total, again, it's up to 48 and a half now. It was 49. Uh, I expect it to land right in that 48 and a half to 49 range. Um, but yeah, spread same eight and a half, uh, which is a little interesting to see it the same um, when the total moves an, an entire touchdown. Yeah, that's interesting because I put the bet in, you know, like based on the information that I saw. And then I haven't even gone back to look whether that bet is valid or not. So uh, that bet was not made at DraftKings or FanDuel or or one of the uh, popular books. 100 likes for the top three early. Oh, that's Jason. You're right. We can interrupt the show and do the top three before we even finish the, the 11 game slate. If we can get to 100 likes, Jason, really good call there. Let's do it early. Everybody motivate. Bring your friends in if they're not already listening. Go ahead and text them the link. And uh, get them in here. But so here's the thing about the the, the Cleveland and the Buffalo Bills. You know, one thing that I think is still kind of curious, Mike, that we don't have all the information on. As of last night, it looked like there was an illness. And I'm kind of air quotes, an illness kind of, you know, prevailing through the Bills locker room. So I I at least think that's something to monitor. I know guys like Matt Milano were sort of on that, that quote illness list. But regardless of that. I mean, the Cleveland defense is pretty bad. And the Buffalo defense, for the record, you can run on them. I think we have a lot of value plays in here. You know, Donovan Peoples-Jones has been flashing. Dawson Knox didn't have a bad game last time out. Njoku might be back for this game. It looks like he practiced today. Uh, There seems to be a ton of firepower on both sides. How are you playing this one? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, first of all, it puts Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs right back into the conversation for one of the top stacks of the week, uh, which they, they certainly weren't going to be if that game was going to be played in Buffalo. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the biggest piece there. But you're right. You can run on this defense. Uh, I still think not a lot changes on the Cleveland side. Uh, I, the, the focus is still going to be try to get Nick Chubb going. Um, Peoples-Jones is interesting. He has been fantastic recently. Um, you know, over, look, I think it's 70 yards in each of the last four, I believe, uh, 50 in one of those, but yeah, basically averaging 75 yards over the last six games. Um, really, really, really good numbers, very close to hitting the hundred yard bonus last week. Still hasn't had any, uh, any touchdowns in these games. You would double digits almost in every game without scoring a touchdown. Very, very impressive. Um, someone who's potentially looking to have a ceiling game. The other guy I want to look at and talk about, I'm going to pull up my own game log while I'm talking, Amari Cooper. Amari mm-hmm. Cooper has had the most insane home road splits so far this season. Uh, another road game, however, it is a controlled environment road game now in a dome. We'll see if that makes much of an impact here. Um, man, he has been night and day difference uh, home and away. So it'll be interesting to see if that continues here in another road matchup for him. We thought that he had a pretty decent matchup last week. That did not come to fruition whatsoever. Um, I think in this particular game, he is an interesting tournament play. Um, if you're willing to pay this price tag for him, I don't mind it. So it, for those of you that are willing to stack this game heavily, and, and I think a lot of people are, especially coming off this news in, in this curated controlled environment at Ford Field, let me ask you, Mike, 
how are you stacking this game? I mean, typically in a game like this where we expect a lot of points and defenses that can really bend if not break, I feel like, you know, Josh Allen to Diggs isn't really enough there. So so my question for you is, is, is that the main stack? And if so, is there a third party involved? And do you run it back with two guys? Let, let's say, for example, a Nick Chubb and a Donovan Peoples-Jones. And I'm favoring DPJ over Amari only from a price standpoint. But how do you run that back? How involved does this stack get? Yeah, so... Look, I think it's more involved than you're going to be able. You want it to be more involved than you're going to be able to. Uh, if anyone out there has started building lineups on DraftKings this week, you've probably noticed that it's pretty difficult. The pricing is incredibly tight over there this week. Uh, you've got to make uncomfortable roster decisions to, to really get star players in there. Um, so because of that, I, I don't think it's going to be very deep at all. I think if I'm playing Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs together at those salaries, uh, th- there's not a lot of room for anything other than something like Donovan Peoples Jones. Like, I-, I don't think that you can really even get away with running it back with Amari too much in this spot, uh, and- unless we have some major breaking news between now and-, and Sunday that offers up a lot of value at like a running back position, something like that. Uh, the pricing is-, is incredibly tight this week. So I don't think we're going to be able to stack as much as we normally would. Well, uh, so I'm, I'm, now that brings me to just the, the next thought. Any of you that are listening in this chat that listen to the Tuesday show, I had like three or four receivers that I really liked in the three and low 4K range. So I'm really, Mike, I'm not even going to mention who they are. I'll mention them when we get to the actual game. But I'm curious which of those, and there's four that I have in mind, frankly, um, which, which of those four you, you actually like and which are just, you know, cute punt plays but have, you know, probably zero staring back at them on, on Sunday afternoon. So uh, with that said, I think we're good on that game. Is Let me ask you this. A lot of times I like to stack the quarterback if I'm expecting a lot of points. And for the record, you know, sorry we're spending time on this game, but this is a very important game. It's one of the four, really three games that I really love. And, and you could make an argument that it's one of four games that people will be stacking. It's a 28 and a half point implied total. What if I went Josh Allen to De- and Devin Singletary and I just try to bottle up all the points in the running and passing game? I don't mind it. Uh, I really don't mind it in this particular spot. I think it's definitely, definitely in play at this point. Chief likes it as well, clearly. So getting Chief's endorsement is big. Okay, let's go to the next game. And this game isn't very interesting at all. So we're we're gonna we're gonna mention it, and then we're gonna cruise right to Chicago at Atlanta, which is another big time game that I think people are going to be very interested in stacking. But let's talk about the Jets plus three and a half at New England. It's a thirty eight point total. There, there really isn't much here for me. I mean, the, you know, New England, they're coming off a bye. I don't know how much Damian Harris is going to be involved, you know, relative to how he was involved in the last couple of weeks coming off his injury. But it does scare me just enough to know that Damian Harris is healthy. It scares me just enough to not really be interested in Ramondre Stevenson. But I don't know if I'm looking at that wrong, Mike. And then on the other side of the ball, listen, I, I think at any moment you could play Garrett Wilson. He's going to be a target monster. I think you can maybe take a chance and try to be super early on Elijah Moore, who's being moved to the slot and likely gets a snap share that he deserves. But I don't know that I'm going to do any of that. Are are you considering any of those things? Uh, I'm considering Ramondre Stevenson. He's someone who is in my player pool at this point in time at 6,700. The pricing is pretty, pretty tough. So I do like him. Um, I'm on the Patriots side in the game pretty firmly as well. Um, so that that definitely helps a lot of it. I also don't know how much Harris plays. So um, I like Stevenson. At least I did early, early in the week. This Bills game being playable now definitely alters some of the roster construction, though. Um, but he would be the top play in this game for me by a pretty considerable margin. 
Okay, and for the record, that is New England at home minus three and a half. I, I like that quite a bit too. Could absolutely be a smash spot. I actually looked at the New England defense from a DFS standpoint, and you can play them. They're expensive is the problem. And on this slate, it's going to be hard to get up there. There is a, a discount defense that we're going to talk about. Um, but again, if we get to 100 likes early, Mike, you can just give out your top three. And, and part of that top three is talking about your top three defenses, DSTs to play. And I'm pretty sure that this one low-end team is, is going to be in there. We have a question from JK All Day 75 What's the difference between tournament and cash games? Mike, why don't you handle that one? It's a pretty broad question, but a simple answer, I suppose, a, a general answer we could give. Yeah, so what I would consider a cash game would be something like a 50-50 tournament, head-to-head matchups, um, three-man contests. I play those quite a bit as well. Uh, I, I like to consider those cash games. You're just playing against two other opponents. Um, that's typically it. As far as roster construction goes, uh, you maybe make a little more conservative lineup where you're using like median projections, um, average projections, essentially. Um, that's typically what you're building more for in, in cash games where you're not necessarily caring about upside. Uh, you're mostly caring about uh, not so, I shouldn't say caring about the floor, but you're mostly caring about hitting a certain threshold to consistently cash versus trying to build more correlated lineups to take down large tournaments. Um, just a difference in style. Yeah, and, and then I think ownership would be the one addition I, I would add to that. Yeah. So in cash games, you're not as much worried about ownership and getting different uh, as you might be with tournaments, where with tournaments, you can still play high-owned players here and there, but you want to make sure your construction's a little bit different if you're playing chalky players and maybe have some, you know, quote, non-chalky. And, and for that person asking the question, maybe you don't know what I mean by chalky, but chalky would be a highly-owned player. The, the cash games that I always play and that we've been really successful with on this FFT DFS program are the double-ups. So, you know, head-to-head, you could absolutely play these small three-man contests. You could absolutely play. But the double-ups that have a decent amount of, of entries in them, the, the single-entry double-ups that might be like a 1,000 people deep or two or 3,000 people deep, uh, you know, we've shown it on the Tuesday recap show. I show it every single time. I, I think I've cashed two weeks ago. I didn't cash in my cash game, and I, I put it out there for everybody to see. But I'm pretty sure every other week I cashed in my cash games. I only do one or two cash game lineups. And if you get if you get your cash game right to any reasonable degree, you are going to be cashing in that because, again, just under 50% cash is in those double ups. So I very much encourage you to find those to maintain your bankroll. JK, all day 75. Thank you for your question. Okay, so I think we're done with the Jets in New England. I do want to go to a quick question. Richie Smalls says, guessing Chubb is priced out. So we'll see how roster construction goes. I think it depends on how many low-end receivers in particular you are willing to play because I know I'm going to be more willing to play some low-end receivers, and we'll get to that in a second. But if you're willing to do that, I do think you can run Josh Allen. Listen, maybe it's not with Stefan Dix. Maybe you go with my Josh Allen um Devin Singletary strategy and you run it back with Nick Chubb but I do think a Josh Allen stack with a Nick Chubb run back I think it's possible to do this week it's just going to be hard but no I don't think he's priced out and, and in fact I'm hoping everybody else thinks that because Chubb could get loose and we don't see Hunt getting a lot of touches I think it is the Nick Chubb show unless this game becomes a gigantic blowout so just something to consider there all right Chicago plus three at the Atlanta Falcons Mike it's a 49 point total Listen, the, the Bears offense, it's it's Justin Fields, right? But they've been very efficient. They've been very explosive. And Atlanta's being scored on at a very high rate. This seems to me like the perfect storm to go back to Justin Fields. And full disclosure, uh, we've been on Justin Fields for weeks. But last week, 
I, I gave out reasons to maybe come off of Justin Fields because I really liked that Tua stack. Now, don't get me wrong. I still played some Justin Fields, but you know, at, at a certain point, I'm sure we'll be off Justin Fields. I just don't know that this is the moment to do that, Mike. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I, I'm not going to be off him until he's the most expensive quarterback because it, I might take some heat for this. He should be the most expensive quarterback in the NFL right now. He mm-hmm. is had a drastic change in philosophy the offense has uh, in terms of the number of designed runs. Um, you know, you see 147, 178 rushing yards. That is no fluke there. Uh, we've seen many games of 80 plus as well. Uh, he, he's treated, he's playing two positions. You're getting two players in one essentially here. Uh, he's the same thing as having what early in the season, a $6,000 Justin Fields and a four to $5,000 running back. It's essentially what you're getting here because he still is throwing the football 20 plus times a game because defensively they're not good. They, they allow teams to hang in games. Uh, so it, it's just a perfect storm right now where it's almost the same as getting a lower end quarterback paired with the lower end running back. There's just so much upside every time he's on the field, draws another beautiful matchup in a dome controlled environment with a team that has shown the ability to keep up in certain situations. Uh, these two teams have been very similar in that regard. So I, I, I love Justin Fields again. And like I said, I might take some heat for it, but Justin Fields and Josh Allen should be the same price. Fair enough. And are you playing Justin Fields? Listen, for everybody listening, remember we did our cheat sheet last week, right? And what, Mike, you want to remind everybody what your stack was last week on, on the cheat sheet that we publish and retweet and all of that stuff? What was it? I will remind you because it's going to be the same thing this week. It's going to yes. be Justin Fields to Cole Komet, uh, assuming Cole Komet is able to play. He has a questionable tag, uh, limited participant in practice. It's going to put him questionable heading into tomorrow. Uh, we will see what happens there. Ultimately, I think he ends up playing. I like him a lot. Um, he, he's been a beneficiary of the running from Justin Fields, not only in this game too, uh, or last week's game, he could have had another long touchdown in the game. Justin Fields just missed him on a long play. That would have been another 40 yard touchdown. Um, yeah, big, big upside for Cole Komet and it's all related to fields. So there's a couple other players that I think are relevant on the Chicago side. And for the record, I, I love that stack, of course. I, I had that stack and almost had a take. I didn't have that stack a lot, Mike, because you know I was on Tua. But I had it in one tournament, and I was really close to a takedown. Okay, there's two obvious players on the Bears side. That I'm just curious how interested you are in them, given how interested you are in Justin Fields. One is David Montgomery, because we know Khalil Herbert, the, the backup running back, or really kind of the the split running back with David Montgomery. He's on IR. Now, Ebner is there, but I don't foresee Ebner getting a ton of playing time relative to David Montgomery. And then, of course, Darnell Mooney at 5,400. David Montgomery, I'm talking about DraftKings prices, is 6,100. Darnell Mooney, 5,400. I think you could at least make an argument that against this Atlanta defense, Darnell Mooney could absolutely get behind it and go for one or two touchdowns. I, I understand that's saying a lot, but are Mooney and Montgomery on your radar at all? They are both on my radar. Uh, probably more likely to play Mooney at this point. Um, I, I'm going to pass on Montgomery for now. I totally get it. I totally understand it. However, I think that given the success you've seen, I, I think Justin Fields just ultimately ends up running the football even more. Uh, that That's what I expect to happen. Um, so I'm not going to play Montgomery at his $6,100 price tag. I'm going to find a way to play Ramondre Stevenson. I'll find that $600 somehow, some way if I want to. Um, just because I, I don't think a lot of people are going to get to Ramondre. I think David Montgomery is probably going to be relatively popular here. Um, Mooney, I'm okay with. I'm okay with a double stack of Fields, Mooney, and Komet. 
Uh, it's essentially like playing Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs, except for you're getting the three players there um, w- with a ton of upside in terms of pricing. So that that's mostly where I'm at on it, but it's it's fields to come at and, and then fields empty on his own. And last question on this game. I do want to address the Atlanta side. I know a couple of weeks ago you speculated on Marcus Mariota in terms of playing him in some in some of your stacks or at, at least at the at the quarterback position. Is this a spot? And I do want to point out that Arthur Smith shot down any talk about Desmond Ritter playing this week. So it is going to be Marcus Mariota unless something just crazy bad happens for him and he's just terrible. But any thought as a contrarian play, maybe in a bigger tournament, to run Marcus Mariota? And if so, would you run him with anybody? And the second question there is, is Cordero Patterson on your radar at all? Or is it just too speculative because he's splitting with Huntley and um, and, uh, Tyler Algier? Yeah, it's too speculative on Patterson. The thing that is the issue with Patterson, uh, look, I want to like him. I want to play him. It's frustrating, just like it's frustrating watching Debo Samuel at times, not getting the kind of usage that you'd like to Mm -hmm. see. Mm -hmm. I don't like that it's a three-headed monster. I don't like that the quarterback also has the ability to run. And I don't like that there's zero involvement in the passing game. Just absolutely zero. Like We're talking multiple games here of one target, right? I, that I, I can't get to. I need to see games where he's at least flashing upside of being targeted five times. Otherwise, the floor is just simply too low. I, I yeah. Just before we get to this Philadelphia Eagles Indianapolis game, I find that so weird. Like I don't want to be sitting in this chair and, and questioning uh, you know coaching decisions because I'm not you know I'm not the X's and O's guys that I presume Arthur Smith is or just the, the coordinators in general. But man, you would think that a centerpiece of the game plan would put a, you know, Cordero, Cordero Patterson, who's been on IR and has been kind of like resting to some degree so that he's not going to gas out. You would think getting him the ball, getting him in space, getting him in short area routes would be a priority. And it's clearly not. And I just feel like that would help Mariota end the offense quite a bit. Am I wrong? Well, am I crazy? Oh, you're not crazy. You definitely would. Uh, you know, there's a reason why the franchise is where the franchise is uh, at this point, frankly. Um, yeah, that's really all you could say about it. But the usage is frustrating. Uh, and then quickly to answer your question on Mariota, yes, I've thought about using him again. Uh, I have a theory as well in certain situations like this. When you have an extremely mobile quarterback on the other side running, I definitely think it influences some of the decision-making from the other quarterback that also has a ton of upside with his legs and has in his career. Uh, so I do think that there are interesting opportunities for Mariota to potentially run more in this game. Um, but I'm probably not going to get there in DFS because I'm going to have so much Justin Fields that I don't know that I'm going to have room for it. Um, what I'm more likely to do is probably play a Mariota rushing over in the uh, player prop market. Like it. And a comment by Richie Smalls, he says, pretty sure Fields was on a winner or on the winner naked last week. So let me be clear here. Like I, and, and I've been advocating for this, not just with Justin Fields, but with other quarterbacks as well. We've been on Justin Fields for a while now, and I've played him in all the lineups that I've played him in over the last four weeks. He's been naked, as in solo, probably in more than half of them. It's only it's only like maybe 40% of those lineups in tournament lineups where I'm actually pairing him with Cole Komet or with uh, Darnell Mooney. I do think now, even though he's running a ton, I do think now, especially against Atlanta, there is cause to maybe consider pairing him, stacking him with a, with a pass catcher, 
now relative to, let's say, three weeks ago when he was still dropping back a lot, but I, I didn't have as much faith in the passing game. You know, he I think it was 167 yards he passed for last week. That's off the top of my head. But I do think he can open it. 167 isn't bad for him, first of all. And I do think he could open it up against this Atlanta secondary quite a bit. So it's something to consider to stack him. Maybe more you'd be more inclined to do it this week maybe than than prior weeks. But it's a, it's a very fair comment. You can play Justin Fields naked all you want. I don't have a problem with that at all. Uh, let's go to Philly, minus seven at the Indianapolis Colts. A lot of unanswered questions here, particularly on the Philly side, because we're not 100% sure if A.J. Brown is healthy or healthy enough to play in this game, and we're not 100% sure Devontae Smith is healthy, and we know Dallas Goddard is going to be out. He's, he was sent to IR, so it's going to be maybe a committee at tight end, probably stole taking a majority of those receptions, but I, I don't really like the Philly side as much as I thought I was going to. I don't want to play Jalen Hurts naked. I'm not sure I want to pair him with the receiver. And on the Indianapolis side, this is something we talked about Tuesday. To me, it's the Jonathan Taylor show. I mean, you can run on Philly as long as they don't have Jordan Davis. And he's not coming back for a week or two at least. Jonathan Taylor, 22 carries, 147 yards. He added two receptions for 16 yards last week. There's no Deion Jackson because I don't think he's going to be healthy. Naheem Hines is gone. It is the Jonathan Taylor show if Indianapolis wants to save their season in any legitimate way. I like Jonathan Taylor. I like Paris Campbell. And I'm not sure I can get there on the Eagles side. What do you think about this game? Yeah. Um, look, I there's a couple of interesting call-outs in this one for sure. But number one, I love Jonathan Taylor. He's my favorite running back this week. Spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you that on the top three. So there's one of them. Uh, mm -hmm. I love Jonathan Taylor. He's going to have all the usage he can handle. If you remember anything about Jonathan Taylor, when he had 20 plus carries in the past in this offense, he was $9,800 at one point. We are getting a $2,000 discount on Jonathan Taylor right now. Assuming that we see a similar workload. We know that you can run all over the Eagles right now uh, in their current form, right? We also know that the offense is banged up, may not be having those longer sustained drives. They may not eat as much clock as they typically have. Uh, I think this is an absolutely wonderful spot for Jonathan Taylor, just because I think they're going to give him as many touches as he could possibly handle. Um, one of my favorite plays this week. So what I will be doing when I'm playing Jonathan Taylor, I'm going to play Stoll, the tight end, at 2,500. Mm -hmm. I've been playing double tight ends before it was cool. And when I would say before it was cool, it's going to be cool this week because you almost have to, to be able to build respectable lineups because the pricing is so tight. Um, I'm going to play it again. So I I'm going to use stole. The theory here is Jonathan Taylor. If he's smashing enough, it's likely because they're controlling the game. It's likely that Philly is having to throw things aren't going so well. Uh, look, I, I like stole. He's had some upside in some of these individual games already in terms of, opportunity he hasn't hauled in a few of the big catches that have been going his way uh, but I do like him in the spot at 2500 and I'll tell you Mike every single lineup we went over we went over your tournament lineup my cash and tournament lineup and we went over the FFT DFS winner again for those of you listening the FFT DFS five dollar contest is live it's 200 people deep I think we filled it up by Saturday morning uh, last week. So make sure you uh, register for that right now. And if, if you're new to this chat right now, go ahead and hit the like button as well. Mike, every single lineup had double tight end. I think my cash lineup might have left out double tight end, but we had a really proud moment as, as a podcast with the listeners because everybody, every, every lineup that I showed on the screen was double tight end. And I almost said the exact words you said, Mike. I said, this is a Mike McClure special. We've been doing the double tight end thing since last year because Mike told us to do it when he was doing the Kelsey lineups and, and, and things of that nature. So 
yeah, we were doing it before it was cool. I'm pretty proud of that, actually, because it's working. That's the thing. We're not doing it for show. It's actually working, right, Mike? It is working. It is definitely, uh, it's been a necessity. And that's one of the beauties of building lineups with the aid of a computer is you get to see the value, you know, numerically right there. And it, it was a very clear trend pointing towards something that was necessary um, and, and something I've been doing ever since. Absolutely. Okay. So let's go to the Rams and the New Orleans Saints. I don't want to spend a lot of time here because we have other things to spend time on, but you know, it's a 38 and a half point total. The Saints at home are favored by three. It looks like Matthew Stafford's going to play. As everybody knows, Cooper Cup is not in this game. I guess my question for you, Mike, is obviously we're not stacking this game. But let me just name a few players, and, and you can tell me if any of these guys are in your player pool. Allen Robinson, Ben Skaronik, Tyler Higby, Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave. Any of those guys make your pool, or is this game an absolute X? Uh, Alvin Kamara is the only one. Uh, Kamara is going to make it most weeks just because, uh, you know, after having games where he doesn't absolutely smash and the usage looks off, the price point doesn't change a lot. And while he still has a really solid floor, like I say solid floor, you look seven and a half and nine fantasy points in the last two games. You're like, Mike, that's not a great floor for someone 7,600. That was the absolute floor. Uh, the, the team was awful in those games. Now they're playing a team that I think that they can beat. They're, they're favored on their home field. It's a controlled environment. I, I honestly, I think this is a potential spike week for Alvin Kamara. I don't think anyone's going to play him uh, relative to some of the other guys here. I, I like him in this spot. You know, Even on the worst days, he's still getting four targets in the passing game. I would not be shocked to see that number jump back up to 9 to 10 uh, in this particular matchup. So I like Alvin Kamara again. Quick question before we move on to the next game, and it's going to be Carolina and Baltimore, which I think is an interesting game. And then we're going to talk about another interesting game, Detroit and the New York Giants. There, So uh, there, there's a question in the chat from Raid Arade Pav, I believe is how you, you pronounce his name. He said, see, on Tuesday you said you're going to ask Mike why he hasn't played cash games the last two weeks. I'm curious. So uh, can you answer that question? Is it Are we at a type uh, a time of the season where you don't feel like there's as much of an edge in cash or you just haven't gotten around to it? Uh, a little bit more of not getting around to it, but it's something I do typically most seasons. Uh, I play a lot more cash games early. There's a lot more casual players playing initially. There's a lot more money in the ecosystem as well. Typically, newer players or casual players start to lose their money, and by week 8, 10, 12 of the season, you're, you're typically more professional-type players, sharper players playing at that point. Um, so it's just something I've always done. Once the season hits the halfway point or more, I start to taper off the cash game, start to focus more on the tournaments. Uh, and just the way I play is still a very aggressive style in terms of narrow player pools. Don't care necessarily about my ownership. I stick to whatever my build is and then go throw it in tournaments. And that's where I've found the most upside. So it's nothing that I've actually dove into again this season. It's just something I've always done. Uh, as we get to this point in the season, I taper off the cash game action, play more tournaments. Um, just seems to always have worked out for me in the past. Okay. And everybody knows I'm still playing cash games. I mean, and I put them up there. And I do th- I do think there's still an edge in those double ups specifically. So for those of you that um want to maintain that bankroll, I like again, I, I think it's a good play to disperse some of your funds over to the cash games. Let's talk Mike about oh, and for the record, when we do Mike's top three, I don't know how we're doing on Mike's. When we do Mike's top three, 
I'll, I'll go ahead and point out as we're doing that, which ones I think are great for cash. And then Mike, you can disagree or agree with me when we get to that portion. But I do know people want to know kind of who are the cash game locks, if you will. And, and I think uh, we can do that when we do the top three. Okay. Carolina plus 13 at Baltimore, 41 and a half point total. Mark Andrews still limited. You know, we think he's playing, but we're not really sure. You know, Mike, I was kind of interested in this game when when salaries came out. I'm not so interested in it, in it anymore unless we come to find out that Lamar Jackson has such low ownership that it makes sense to play him in tournaments and just hope you get that ceiling game. But I'm not looking forward to a lot in this one. Are you? I'm on mute there for a second. Yep. yep. Sorry about that. Mr. Chief was coming in and uh, making a little <laughs> noise. So uh, as far as this game, I'm not terribly interested. I want to watch the status of Mark Andrews very, very closely. Uh, Isaiah likely obviously would be in must play, in my opinion. He's filled in really, really nicely uh, in, in that offense. So I'm going to monitor that one. Uh, as far as Lamar himself, though, I don't think this is a great spot overall just because of how much Justin Fields has emerged. A couple of the other quarterbacks we're talking about, it's a game they should win comfortably. I expect them to kill a lot of clock in the second half of this game. So I'm mostly off of it other than uh, likely who I think I could easily, easily get to. Mark Andrews is going to pop as someone that you could be playing here at 6,800. Again, we treat him like a wide receiver, just like Travis Kelsey. Uh, Good price point on it. Not likely to jump back in on it, just knowing the injury concerns and the overall matchup. All right, fair enough. And uh, Given to Live has a comment. Fun to have time to catch this live for the first time from the UK instead of catching up on the pod. Obviously, I've hit the like button. Thanks to both of you, he says. So thank you for uh, everybody from UK, from the UK listening and watching this show. Uh, bring your friends, Given to Live. We really appreciate you. And Rade, I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Please let me know if I did, actually. Is it Rade Pab? If not, please tell me how to pronounce it so that the next time you're in here, I don't butcher it. And then somebody had a chub trade, half-point PPR league. I agree with Robert Picciano, uh, and I'm talking to Millie Mills. I think you should make that trade and get uh, Nick Chubb. All right, so we are going to move to Detroit plus three at the New York Giants with a 45-point total. But before we do that, we are going to hear a message from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back. We got the Detroit Lions traveling to New York. It's a 45-point total. Detroit's a three-point dog. So Detroit's interesting, Mike. You know, they're they're not very good in general, but their offense isn't very good on the road. And I don't know how much you sort of, you know, take that into account when it comes to trends like that, and particularly as it pertains to the Detroit Lions. 
The Giants secondary can be exposed, though. Uh, I, I think it's interesting. Something I brought up on Tuesday that Saquon Barkley had 35 rush attempts last week. You know, I, I kind of facetiously, sarcastically referred to that as, as a little bit of negligence as it pertains to Saquon Barkley. But with all that said, I think we can sort of guarantee, as long as he stays healthy, that Saquon's going to get an immense number of rush attempts, probably not so many receptions because they're just going to be able to run the ball. Is Saquon one of those guys that is just going to be forced into your lineup at this expensive price, which I believe is, correct me if I'm wrong, 8,900? Yeah, 8,900 on DraftKings. Yeah, I I want to say that I can get there, but I'm going to pass on it personally. Um, And it might cost me. I really, really, really might regret it. I I like Jonathan Taylor over Saquon straight up this week, so I'm going to play more Jonathan Taylor. I like taking a chance on Alvin Kamara in this particular spot. Saquon, the issue for me is how competitive are the Lions going to be? Um, I Look, we saw them be competitive against the Bears. That's routinely what the Bears do. They, they fight and they allow teams to stay with them. The other games that I've seen from the Lions on the road this season, they got crushed at the Dallas Cowboys. They scored six points. They scored nine against the Steelers. Nobody really scores against the Steelers. They struggled mightily, didn't score a single point against the Patriots. I'm just worried that there are a number of scenarios here where they don't score many points. And if for some reason we see a Daniel Jones rushing touchdown where he hits the tight end and and removes one of the two touchdowns from Saquon, that we might be staring at, an 80 yard game with one touchdown from Saquon, which sounds fine. And it probably is in cash games, but if that's all we get from him, you're not winning a tournament with $8,900 Saquon at 80 yards and one touchdown. And to me, there are just too many paths to that happening personally when I like Jonathan Taylor in this spot. So I'm going to be on that side of it. Having said that Saquon Barkley could score four touchdowns in this game. Very, very, very easily. Yeah, that's so I'm, just I mean, I'm just making a stand, you know, that's and, it. And so, yeah. And so that's the thing. Like it, it would be DFS would be very easy if we never had to take stands on popular guys that are that are getting a ton of touches. So like when you want to win these tournaments, which Mike's playing exclusively now, I, I really think is Mike Chuggy Modelo. Actually, Mike, tell them what you're chugging. Yeah, no free ads, but we are a big liquid death fan over that's here. Right. Uh, the big fan of the pod. Uh, love liquid death. It is just water, mountain water here. Not even the sparkling variety. This is just still water in a can. And we've all convinced ourselves that it tastes better because you have to pay more for it. <laughs> yeah. So, Theodore, if you were watching our, our podcast last year, you'd know that uh, canned water was kind of like a running theme in, in this podcast. And we're bringing it back. And I promise, I promise the viewers that next week, Mike, I'm going to join you. I will crack open. We'll crack it open at the same time to start off the game by game preview for week 12. I'll crack open one of those. One of those cans that looks like a Modelo, but it's actually just liquid death. For the record, Modelo packaging is great, right? Their, their cans and their bottles look so cool. It makes me want to drink even though I'm not a big drinker. So anyway, Theodore, uh, thank you for watching and thank you for being so observant. Okay, so the, the one question I have remaining on this game, and we can move on to Washington-Houston after this, but Amon Ross St. Brown is 7,200. Is, is this a spot where... You just have to come off him because you can't fit him in. I mean, we know he's getting the targets. He is really gobbling up the targets. He just hasn't had the touchdowns. I do think the splash game is coming. It's just a matter of whether it comes in this game or not. Is Amon Ross St. Brown on your radar in your player pool? He's not. Uh, this whole game is off of mine personally. It's just, again, mm-hmm. it's a stance I'm taking. Uh, I'm very concerned about the Lions scoring enough points to keep up. I'm very concerned 
uh, about Amonra's health overall. He's taken a beating out there because of the volume that he, he's there. He came off the field late. He came back on the field late as they had a chance, uh, you know, in, in that last game there. Um, look, I think that he's probably fine. I think he's probably going to be fine. But now you're playing a game outdoors where it's cold, not a comfortable environment relative to the other environments that they have played well in. Uh, pricing so tough this week. I can't pay 7200 for him. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get there with Amon Ross St. Brown either. And it sounds to me you like you like the Giants minus three in this game, right, Mike? Uh, I would lean that way, yes. Okay, yeah. but not an official play. Not, not a play you gave out on the early edge preview show, which you do with the crew on Tuesdays. Correct. Uh, quickly, I'll give you those two two of the three plays I gave there. Uh, Packers minus three. Patriots minus three. Love the Patriots minus three. Oh, so you like the Packers tonight. We'll, we'll touch on, we'll have a, a minute to touch on uh, showdown at the very end of the show. It sounds like uh, Mike, of course, likes the Packers minus three. By the way, I will be on the, Mike, I don't know if you're going to be on there tonight. I, I, I don't think so. But tonight I'm on the early edge Thursday night preview. I'll be on there with prop stars and a number of others. We give out prop plays, of course, and we give out our, our sides and totals. And we just generally have a really good time. So if you're not already subscribed to the early edge, please make sure you do. You can find uh can find the show on youtube just type in early edge to the search bar if you didn't know that already washington at houston it's a 40 and a half point total washington's favored by three that line ticked down i think they opened maybe three and a half forward it's ticked down to three which certainly makes sense to me the only guy i like here i don't so i like a guy on each side and i'm actually i've changed my mind from tuesday because on tuesday my thought was i kind of like brian robinson at 5300 now I kind of like Antonio Gibson at 5,600 just because I think he's the more dynamic guy. Brian Robinson's been so inefficient. And I do think that we're going to start to see the volume start to equal out between the two. And we know Antonio Gibson tends to get the receptions in this backfield with JD McKissick on the shelf. The other guy I like in this game, it's not Damian Pierce. It's not Brendan Cooks. It's Nico Collins at 4,100 outside receiver against this Washington defense. He could absolutely get loose. He had 10 targets last week. He hasn't been super efficient, but you give me 10 targets against Washington, I'll take it at 4,100 all day. Do you like either of those plays, and do you like anything else in this game? Uh, I like Nico Collins a lot. Uh, the value is necessary this week. The pricing is just so difficult out there on DraftKings, uh, so I do like him a lot. On the Washington side, I love Terry McLaurin. He's my favorite wide receiver this week. $5,900 is a nice price point. Um when you consider Amandra St. Brown is seventy two hundred, you're getting a thirteen hundred dollar mm-hmm. discount here with Terry McLaurin. Indoor game in a controlled environment uh, on an obvious letdown spot for them after their big win over the Eagles. This game's going to be ultra competitive. At least I believe it will be. Um, I, I like the number of targets we've seen here. It's trending in the right direction. Taylor Heineke being the starting quarterback, I think, is wonderful for Terry McLaurin in this particular spot. Not afraid of this matchup. You also have the obvious mini skinny stack in a game here with Nico Collins on the other side. I love the fact that we can get, you know, these two for $10,000. We're paying an average of 5K for Terry McLaurin, Nico Collins. We very well could see 20 targets uh, for that $10,000. And I think that it's really tough to do better than that on this particular slate. Yeah, and I don't mind Terry McLaurin at that price. Not only is he getting the targets, and Zach, thank you. For those of you listening, just so you know, Zach has pulled up the game log for Terry McLaurin, and we see this target share with Taylor Heineke. I I think my only question for him would be how pressed does Washington feel to throw it down the field? But to your point, 
even if he gets a few less targets, he's getting all the air yards too. I mean, this is a guy that really has some touchdown equity that I don't think people are really realizing. I, I think Terry McLaurin is going to be a great play as long as Taylor Heineke is the quarterback, which should be, you know, indefinitely at this point. I will say this though. I'm, I'm going to harp on this just one last time. I think the Washington running game could really have a nice day against Houston, which isn't like groundbreaking news. And I understand it's a split yeah. backfield. And so it's kind of hard to play either of them. But to me, this just might be an Antonio Gibson game. So I might do the skinny stack with Nico Collins and Antonio Gibson. Feel free to throw in Brian Robinson, but he's not going to get the catches, and he's been unbelievably inefficient. He's basically good for like 3.4 yards per carry every single game. It's just not going to get it done, even though he's getting a lot of the red zone touches. Uh, but yeah, Terry McLaurin certainly makes sense there too. Let's go to the next game, and it's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders at the Denver Broncos. Not a lot I like here, Mike, and I think this is a game we can kind of just touch on and move on. But... Foster Moreau remains interesting to me. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to get to Devontae Adams. On the other side of the ball, there is a guy I really like. First of all, Cortland Sutton at 6K makes a lot of sense. But I really like, believe it or not, Kendall Hinton at, I believe, 3,700. Because, again, if K.J. Hamler and Jerry Judy are out, which K.J. Hamler will be out, and I'm like 90% sure Jerry Judy's going to be out because that was a, you know, it's a pretty bad ankle injury in my, in my opinion. I don't think you come back in, in six days from that. I like Kendall Hinton to just get a lot to run a ton of routes and get get a lot of the snap share. And I love that price because it allows us to do those things we talked about earlier in terms of the expensive stacks. What say you? Yeah, I love Kendall Hinton. He's definitely in my player pool flirting with being a top three overall play at the position. That's how strapped we are for cash on this particular slate. I mm -hmm. keep talking about it because it's so bad. Um, all the wide receivers are essentially five to $600 too expensive. Um, it's a wide receiver problem in their pricing algorithm, whatever it is. Uh, and that's, you know, something we identify through, through looking at the way that I build lineups. Um, I like him a lot. I think the more interesting thing to talk about is I actually think Devonte Adams is really legitimately questionable in this game, mm. um, which, which would change things and open up a decent amount of value uh, just because it hurts their overall ability to move the ball and puts them in obvious passing situations even more than they might already be in this spot. I think the reason for that too, is just watching the, you know, the, there was an excellent quote, actually, I believe. I think it was a real quote. Maybe I was just following a troll account, but I think the quote uh, was from Hackett saying somebody has to win this game and somebody <laughs> has to win this game between these two teams. It's very interesting to see everything trending towards Denver, line moving towards Denver, considering the injuries that they're dealing with. Um, Devontae Adams is one of the few wide receivers in the league that definitely makes an impact, uh, you know, to the point spread as a wide receiver. It's just fascinating watching the injury report here. An abdominal injury, the way he plays is, is interesting, especially at this point in the season, what they gave up to get him. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if we get to Sunday and Devontae Adams is all of a sudden highly questionable and not playing in this game. Yeah, and, and honestly, and I, I'm not even trying to be funny here. He might be MIA regardless because Patrick Sertain is going to see a lot of Devontae Adams. So it's just – I just don't think it's going to be a good day for – for I, I don't want to say for the Raiders, but for Devontae Adams in particular. The reason I don't say the Raiders is because I don't know what to expect from Denver, to be honest with you. Uh, I think we can move on from this game again. We, we're big on Kendall Hinton. I don't mind Cortland Sutton, but I, I to me, I would just prefer to play the the cheap Kendall Hinton play and hope I – um. I get value there. By the way, we're, we, have, we have like almost 200 people watching and we're only like 15 likes away from the 100. So this would be the first time ever that we get to the top three before we have two games left before we finish the main slate. So uh, just throwing that out there. 
Um, quickly on that, though, what I wanted to mention, just to throw the name out there to be on your radar, if for some reason we get more bad news on Devontae Adams or you just want to be highly speculative on a week when we know we're punting somewhere in lineups, Keelan Cole, $3,000, did not catch mm-hmm. any of the two targets thrown out of his way the in the last game. He had five targets, two receptions for 30 yards, week eight against the Saints. Um, he's the bare minimum $3,000. If we're going to be speculating on guys like Kendall Hinton and Nico Collins, while we can't project the same role there, uh, there's still a drastic difference in price point, 3000 versus 4400 on this particular slate. So I just want to throw Keelan Cole's name out there. If Devontae is out and or severely limited with that matchup with Sertan, Keelan Cole's not going to be seeing Pat Sertan. So I, I think this is an interesting call out on him at minimum price. Speaking of interesting call outs, uh, Eddie LSU, or maybe that's ISU, Iowa State. Kendall Hinton has a shoulder injury, did not practice it. Now that's true. That is a downgrade. So uh, thank you for bringing that up. He was, you know, considered day to day and now is not practicing on a Thursday. So again, maybe guys like Keelan Cole become even more important if guys like Kendall Hinton aren't going to play. I suspect Hinton is still going to play, but obviously, Eddie, good point. We're going to have to monitor that, particularly tomorrow and the next day and, and wait for inactives to come out on on uh, Sunday. But keep in mind, this is a 4 o'clock game, so we're going to have to make that decision likely before the main slate starts unless you want to stack some people in that 4 o'clock time zone. Speaking of the 4 o'clock time zone, we've got two games to go. One of them I think is great, and the other one we're not going to spend a ton of time on. But let's try to handle, just so we can get to this uh, this cheat sheet in top three, let's try to do Dallas and Minnesota in just a couple minutes. Dallas minus, minus one and a half at Minnesota, 47 and a half point total. I think this would have been a popular stack, Mike, but with the Josh Allen news and this game, you know, moving that game moving, I think people will kind of get off of this stack a little bit. But I do think Dak to CeeDee Lamb makes a lot of sense against Minnesota. We know you can pass against them. I think Dalvin Cook, as a run back to that stack, it's very expensive. I get it. But I'm just saying I do like Dalvin Cook, whether you're running it back or not, because I think you can run on Dallas as well. And, and Dalvin Cook's looked not only really good, but explosive at times as well. What do you like in this game? Uh, I love CeeDee Lamb. Uh, once again, the price point's there. It's fair. It's within $300 of a Monroe St. Brown. We just watched CeeDee Lamb get 15 targets uh, in that game. I think they're going to be in for another competitive game here against Minnesota. I also like when CeeDee Lamb is playing another high-profile wide receiver. On the other side, with Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb's the kind of guy that, you know, he knows he's not the best wide receiver in the league. He's not in the same tier necessarily as Justin Jefferson. However, I do think he likes to show out in certain situations like this one. Um, I I think this is a great spot. Zeke potentially back also helps in pass protection a little bit. Um, I I think this is a good spot for CeeDee Lamb. He's priced in a way that is one of the more affordable high-end options on the slate. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I think Ceedee Lamb's a great play. On the other side of the ball, d- does Dalvin Cook make it make it into the conversation? Justin Jefferson, T.J. Hawkinson at fifty three hundred. Any of those guys on your radar? I mean, obviously they're all like great plays, but do they actually fit into your player pool because of their price? They don't this week for me, but I wouldn't fault you for playing them. Uh, you know, Saquon and Dalvin, two excellent plays. I, I have no problem playing them if you want to play them. You should not feel bad about playing them if you like them. I, I think they're great. I personally am telling you I'm going to play Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara. I, I like the upside there. I like the savings that I'm getting. Uh, and I, again, I, I've said it probably 40 times already. Saving $500 is critical this week so far, uh, given what we know at this point. So I'm playing 
Jonathan Taylor. I'm playing Alvin Kamara. Might not be my week. We'll see. All right. Fair enough. You got to take a stand somewhere. We always say that. So Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, it's our last game. Then we're going to get to our cheat sheet. I think we're pretty much at, at about 100 likes anyway. But let's go ahead and finish the main slate. Maybe next Thursday we can interrupt the main slate because you all got to 100 likes. And by the way, this show is five o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Next week's going to be a little different because of Thanksgiving. I think we're going to go on Tuesday like we normally do, but I think we're actually going to have a Friday show, which is pretty cool. But, you know, for the balance of the season outside of that holiday week, we're five o'clock every Tuesday and Thursday. So everybody come back here and watch us. Uh, We'll be here this coming Tuesday again at five o'clock. Let's go Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. Anything you like here? It's it's only a 40 and a half point total. The implied totals for each team pretty low, although Cincinnati at 22, it's, I guess, decent. It's not super terrible. Cincinnati's favored by three and a half. They're going into Pittsburgh. Jamar Chase still out. So, I mean, do we go, do we want to go back to Mixon at 7,400? I think the clear answer there is no. But do, do T. Higgins, do, does he make it into the conversation at all? My guess is no, in spite of the fact that this Pittsburgh secondary is pretty bad. I don't really like anything on either side. What about you? Yeah, I don't have a ton of interest. Um, I'm not going to play Mixon. Look, I think he's fine. I think he has the ability to get there. Um, honestly, I'm more likely to play Najee Harris uh, than anyone. Uh, at 5500 I think the price point is absolutely fair. Um, look, the game script probably isn't going to be the exact same against New Orleans, where we saw him have 20 carries in the game. Uh, but we've seen him still. He's involved in the passing game. He's still going to consistently have the football in his hands 20 times per game with the upside of 25 to 30, um, given that I like the defense here, right? So I, I love the Steelers' defense. They're at home. They're $2,300. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's a high-variance offense. On the other side, they're going to put the football in the air. There is the opportunity for sacks. Uh, we've seen Joe Burrow's line be questionable at times this season. Not going to have Chase there likely in the spot. So, like, look, I, I think that this is uh, this is a good spot for the defense. So, considering the correlation between the defense and Najee and, and the price points overall, like, I know that Najee hasn't been great because the offense hasn't been great. But there is a time when we would have paid seventy five hundred for Najee Harris. Now you can get the defense and Najee for seventy five hundred. Yeah, and one thing to keep an eye on with Najee, there was talk of you know knee discomfort earlier in this week. So obviously you want to track that. If he, for some reason, is out, which we don't expect at all, obviously Jalen Warren becomes a pretty great play um, on the heels of what Mike just said, uh, particularly pairing him with that Pittsburgh defense. Uh, again, Pittsburgh defense is going to be a very popular defense for good reason this week. All right, that's our main slate. I am just curious to check, Mike, how many likes we have. Guess how many likes we have. <sighs> 93. Okay, we have, as I wait for it to load, 104. Oh, we did. Everybody, you did it. Thank you so much. We got over 100. That's really cool. So next Thursday, we're going to do the same thing. Or next time we do our game-by-game preview, which is actually going to be next Friday because of Thanksgiving, of course, we're going to do... um, we're going to do over 100 there, too. Thank you, everybody. So let's get to our top three, Mike. We, we got our top three at QB, at running back, at wide receiver, at tight end, and defense. Go ahead. Get after it. All right. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna give you four at quarterback, by the way, just because I think there's a, a guy I'm going to sneak in there. Um, number one, Justin Fields. Number two, Josh Allen. Love Josh Allen. Uh, I, I think that having the venue change is going to be absolutely critical. I know he's been banged up. It's a must-win game for them. That team needs to see a win at this point uh, after the last few weeks here. Love him. Now, three and four. I have Kirk Cousins down right now. I like him. I'm going to play Taylor Heineke. 
I, I think he's going to hit wow. Terry McLaurin at 5,300. I, I don't think a lot of people are going to play him. I think that game has some very, very sneaky shootout potential between them and the Texans. So he's someone who's on my radar, 5,300. That's how I'm going to save some money and get some exposure to some of the bigger receivers and running backs together, try and capture that upside. Hope Heineke has a game where he gets me 19 to 20 fantasy points, go cash the line up there. Uh, so that's what I'm doing at quarterback. Before uh, before you get to uh, your run, your top three running backs, I do want to ask you a question because as we see here on YouTube, there's a number of quarterbacks that are starting quarterbacks that are in that range. And Marcus Mariota and Matt Ryan are two of those. Obviously, you mentioned Taylor Heineke already. Any thought to, because a lot of people are going to be interested in Jonathan Taylor, any thought into a Matt Ryan, let's say Paris Campbell stack, whether you run it back or not, but it, it, any thought in terms of just a contrarian lineup or is that, would you just rather play Taylor Heineke or, for example, Marcus Mariota? Uh, I'd rather not. I'd rather I'm playing Jonathan Taylor, so I'm not going to stack yeah. with Matt Ryan personally. Uh, Paris Campbell, totally fine to play. Uh, you know, on his own, forty three hundred dollars, like the price point there quite a bit. Um, so I, I think that's fine. But I'm not going to stack Matt Ryan with uh, unless you can tell me he's going to run for forty yards on one play again. <laughs> if you could tell me that, then I will absolutely yes, sign me up. I'll take the four points to start the day. But uh, as of right now, no. Yeah, um, that, that was not on my bingo card. Uh, Matt Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan's rushing potential. Uh, pretty, pretty hilarious. Pretty great. Okay. So running backs, give us your top three. Yeah. Running backs here. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, number one, Ramondre Stevenson, number two. Uh, again, I love the Patriots this week. I, I don't think Harris is going to be terribly involved. I love Stevenson's upside. And then Alvin Kamara, number three, kind of taking a stance there, more of a tournament play than a cash game play. Uh, but I do like Alvin Kamara just a little bit more than guys like Mixon. Um, Damian Pierce, probably still going to be popular. Um, I, I think Kamara, if you look at the price point here that we've got up on YouTube, I think people want to play Taylor. I think people want to go above Chubb and play Saquon Barkley. I think people would play Dalvin Cook before they're going to jam Alvin Kamara in. I, I think they'll play Mixon. I think they might even play Josh Jacobs. I don't think people are going to play Alvin Kamara in this particular spot. So uh, that's where I'm going to go more again, more in tournaments. Totally agree with you there. So let me ask you just from a, cause you mentioned tournaments from a cash game standpoint, would Justin Fields be your favorite cash game quarterback? And would Jonathan Taylor be your favorite cash game running back? Yes. Uh, the three guys that I can tell you are going to be in my cash game lineup for sure right now. Actually, it's probably four because Nico Collins is going to be the run back. Uh, mm -hmm. It's probably going to be Justin Fields, Jonathan Taylor, Terry McLaurin, and Nico Collins. Um, there you go, everybody. You just got a, you just got a cash game core. Yeah, and you, you got half of a lineup there um, <laughs> at, at this point. So uh, let's move to receiver though. And I'll I just named two of the three. Uh, it's Terry McLaurin, Nico Collins, and CD Lamb. Look, I like Kendall Hinton. I think he's fine. I'm going to side with Nico Collins more because Terry McLaurin is the guy that I'm playing. Uh, again, it's pretty amazing how far you had to scroll to find Terry McLaurin's name there at 5,900 mm -hmm. on this particular week. Um, everything trending in the right direction for him with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. So I, I like him. He's simply too cheap uh, in this particular spot. And then CD Lamb would be the third wide receiver. Uh, Richie Small says McClure core. We could do some. We could do some uh, wordplay with that. The the McClure, the McClure. Yeah, that's that's the play. Okay, uh, let's go to where are we at? We're at tight end. Yeah, tight end here. Uh, gonna go Cole Komet first, just because I'm stacking him up with Justin Fields once again. Please monitor the injury status on this one. Uh, going to be absolutely critical. Number two at the tight end position. I haven't even filled this out all correctly because he's on my radar and I might play him anyway. Isaiah Likely. 
I'm not sure that Mark Andrews is going to be 100% ready to go. Wouldn't shock me if he ultimately sat again. So I'm going to list Isaiah Likely here at this point. And then after that, it's going to be Jack Stoll for the uh, the Eagles, just because of the bring back opportunities with the Jonathan Taylor lineups. Okay, and finally, uh, your favorite, your top three defenses that you're playing. Top three defenses here. Number one, Pittsburgh Steelers. Too cheap. Love the opportunity. Super high variance matchup. Number two, the New Orleans Saints. We're going to pick on the Rams who are on the road. This is a very winnable game for the Saints. No Cooper Cup drastically hurts that offense. Uh, some injuries on the quarterback position as well. going to play, but just the situation I want to play the Saints. And again, I make correlated plays, so I'm going to play them in the lineup that I play Alvin Kamara. Uh, makes a lot of sense there, right? And then finally, the one that I don't think a lot of people are going to get to, but I really, really, really like, the Vegas Raiders. Uh, mm. Tough road game against the Denver Broncos. Talking about the Denver Broncos team that simply doesn't score many points, uh, eats up a little bit of time of possession still. Their own defense keeps these games a little lower scoring. Now uh, Jerry Judy out. Kendall Hinton, who we like, potentially banged up here in this spot. Uh, I, I think it's a good opportunity to throw the Raiders defense in there. Okay, yeah, very interesting play. And again, if you can, if you're watching us on YouTube, which a lot of you are, you can see all these prices here. Um, all of those defenses you mentioned are between twenty three hundred and three thousand. So a lot of uh, affordability there. Okay, so let's get to the cheat sheet real quick. I'm going to do my cheat sheet first. I've got an expensive one, and you know, news changes, and therefore some of my plays change. I, I suddenly like Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs for obvious reasons. So that's going to be my favorite stack. My chalk is going to be Saquon Barkley. So not only do I have Saquon Barkley, but I also have an expensive stack. So what do I need to do? I need to find some value and I need to do it really, really quick. So I'm going to go to Nico Collins at 4,100. I, I, I honestly, full candor, I had Kendall Hinton in there, but because of the shoulder injury, I, I, you know, I want to back off that for now until we get better word from him. I do still expect Kendall Hinton to play. That's just my take there. But Nico Collins is my value. My contrarian play is also kind of a value play. Because again, I need the savings. It's Paris Campbell at 4,300. And then my fade is going to be Josh Jacobs at 7,500. Mike, it is on you. I have a feeling, based on what you said earlier, that the stack of yours is going to be very familiar to us. Very, very familiar here. It's Justin Fields to Cole Komet. Uh, feel free to play Justin Fields on his own, by the way, or stack with Mooney. I'll, I'll probably have all three variations. Uh, chalk play going Terry McLaurin. Look, I, I think he's ultimately going to end up being very chalky after we talked about him here. We're going to publish it on sports line. People are going to start building lineups, looking at how difficult it is to get players in. And Nico Collins is going to emerge as one of the better plays in terms of value. Those things are all going to shoot Terry McLaurin's ownership up. Um, he, he's too cheap. So that's going to be my chalk play. My value play, it was going to be Nico Collins. I don't want to overlap with you a ton there. I think you're going to have to play two tight ends this week. So I'm going to give you a tight end, which is Jack Stoll from the Philadelphia Eagles. I think he's going to be heavily involved still, at least in terms of number of snaps played and routes run. Uh, that's essentially what you're looking for at 2,500. And then the caveat to the value play, keep your eye on Keelan Cole from the Raiders, bare minimum $3,000. Contrarian play, Alvin Kamara. I don't think Alvin Kamara is going to be highly owned. I'm showing some middling ownership around 15%. My guess is that number is a little high. It drops down to about 8 to 10% by the time this game kicks off. So I'm comfortable listing him as a contrarian play. My fade, 
I've given this fade a couple times, worked out relatively okay, but he hasn't had the dud that I've been waiting for. It's Damian Harris, uh, or Harris, Damian Pierce. He's going to be popular once again. I'm not playing him. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to fade Damian Pierce as well. And finally, okay, we're going to get out of here, but just you like the Packers tonight, minus three. Maybe give me a, a proposed game script that that is either conventional or maybe one that's just a little unconventional for people filling out showdown lineups. Uh, conventional and unconventional. Uh, look, Packers stack the box. Derrick Henry is bottled up just a little bit early in the game. Aaron Rodgers hits Alan Lazard or Christian Watson. They jump out to an early lead. Um, I don't think the Titans can score enough points if the Packers are playing well. Okay, fair enough. And I do want to note Randall Cobb is is off IR. And, you know, it's a risk to some degree, but he's only 200, so he can make a lot of lineups work. Uh, Again, I implore everybody, especially even if you're playing showdown, even though we don't talk DFS on the Thursday night football preview on the early edge, we, we mention it from time to time. And just from the props that we discuss, you'll get a really good idea of who you should be playing in showdown as well. We do a lot of fun stuff on there, but a lot of great bets that have really been cashing. Uh, thanks to everybody that, that is on that show. Uh, but this show is done. Thank you, everybody, for getting us over the, that 100 likes. So many of you watching. I see Alexander Wyckoff. See, I love the golf photo. Oh, the moody clouds. Okay, yeah. That's uh, the, the thing behind me if you're watching us on YouTube. Raphael, what's up? Back to you. We're going to see you on Tuesday. We're going to have uh, this show on Friday for the main slate. Just so you know, on Tuesday, not only are we going to do our recap and our early look, but we're going to break down. I'm going to be breaking down the Thanksgiving slate. And, and uh, I don't know. I think Mike's joining me for that. But we'll, we'll discuss that later. We are, we are doing the Thanksgiving slate, breaking that down on Tuesday on our recap show. So make sure you come back Tuesday at 5 o'clock. For now, this is Fantasy Football Today, DFS. My name is Sina Jad. That's Mike McClure. This is our game by Game TV. We do it every Thursday at 5 o'clock. We'll see you next week. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount+. Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good. For a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.